Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your written word. May these spoken words lead us to meet with you, the living word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I've never forgotten the story told to me soon after I became a Christian of someone who bought a cheap flight from London for a long weekend to New York. They were so looking forward to going to the USA for the very first time and New York in particular, the city they'd always dreamt of visiting. The thing was, their cheap flight meant that it was going via Albany. And after just uh, after nine hours of flight time, the plane began to descend. Land and buildings became clearer and the view for the passenger was mesmerizing. He got off, he headed through customs. This was it. He was in the Big Apple, places to see and a culture to discover. What, of course, he failed to do was pay attention. His ticket indicated that the total flight time was 10 and a half hours. And he, of course, failed to listen properly to the full in-cabin announcements. He'd merely heard the beginning and the end of the message. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the United States of America. Please wait for the seatbelt signs to turn off before unfastening your seatbelts. We will be making a short stop here in Albany for those passengers leaving us here before making the one and a quarter hour flight to New York. His long awaited weekend fell short of its intended destination. Instead of a weekend in New York, this traveler languished in the city of Albany, a great city, I'm sure, but not the place to land. We can be a little bit like that sometimes in our faith. We may think that as a nation, we are good at queuing, but patience, I'm afraid, is in short supply these days. Even watching paint dry has become quicker. There's fast dry gloss, fast dry satin wood. It's a thing. And we no longer need to wait necessarily for 10 minutes for our ordinary pasta to cook because we can now buy quick cook ready in three to five minutes. It's natural for us to get edgy when we're faced with frustrations that won't move out of the way. But in our faith, let's not make the same mistake as the passenger who failed to wait patiently, who took his eyes off the ultimate destination, settling instead for what he saw first thing on the ground. In our Old Testament reading in Genesis, we hear of Noah waiting. And we hear some of the accounts of him being sealed up in the ark. Now, I've got a quiz for us all. How long, question one, is a Navy submarine typically submerged? Any answers, any guesses? How long is a Navy submarine? This is Wikipedia's answer, by the way. I will consult the expert in a moment. Um, yes, Bob, what do you think? How many weeks? 13 to 14. How many is that in days? Anyone? Excellent. Wikipedia says in general, submarines, Navy submarines are submerged between 60 and 80, but they will go over 100 occasionally. 
Okay, has anyone been watching Warship Tour of Duty? Many staff are below deck the whole time, but how long was their total deployment on the program that is currently airing? Any guesses in, in terms of months? 100 days? 180? In months? Did I say high, higher than three months? Higher than six months. They were at sea for a total of seven months. In our reading, how long had Noah already spent in the ark? Well, we heard it started, your, well, that was very sharp. After 40 days is where we take up the story. And then if you add on some more time measurements that we hear, we hear he waited a further seven days. He waited a further seven days. Even I can do the maths on that. That's 54 in total. But no, at this point, if you go back to the full accounts, Noah had been sealed up for approximately 271 days before he even opened a window. That's approximately nine months. And Noah spent in total 371 days approximately inside the ark. In other words, just over one year. That was a long time waiting patiently in probably difficult trying conditions. And the writer to the Hebrews commends Noah amongst uh, the faithful ancient witnesses. He starts out his chapter saying, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. But he actually goes on to commend Noah for living in holy fear of God and therefore building the boat immediately and in obedience to the size and manner which God instructed him. Now, there is no biblical record of how long it took Noah to build the boat, but given its colossal size, it would have been several years in construction. This passage and our New Testament reading about a man healed by Jesus in stages is at first glance about waiting. But I think more precisely, it's about how we wait. A worship song that I particularly like gives us a clue. It goes like this. So take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. And hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He's never failing. We are all, in fact, waiting. Waiting for the redemption of all things by our Lord Jesus Christ. And that redemption has begun. Its victory was sealed on the cross by Jesus, who took upon himself all the sin that separates us from God and death itself. Yet now we only see in part. One day we will see fully when Jesus returns. But for now, we are waiting, and he is in the waiting with us. We all face struggles and trials of every kind. The believers in the early church faced unremitting persecution. Every day they were confronted by hostile powers that were arrayed against them. Culture, pagan religion, government, unsaved family and friends. All these forces were pitted against them, putting constant pressure on them to forfeit their faith, 
and return to their old ways. These scenarios still happen today to believers who live in countries hostile to our Christian faith. A staggering one in seven believers is persecuted today for their faith in Jesus Christ. This puts a different light on the problems we face in the free world. Whilst we do not suffer like our persecuted brothers and sisters, the pressures we face nonetheless can be severe. And I wonder what struggle you are facing today. What we need is a Noah attitude. The early church had it. Patient steadfastness is one way the Bible puts it. The early church called patience the queen of all virtues because they believed that if they possessed this one virtue, they could survive anything that ever came against them. It's the same virtue that is sustaining believers like us today and believers who live in godless regions of the world. Godly patience is exactly what we need to victoriously outlast each one of those trials and pressures that we might be facing today or might face tomorrow. In the book of James, it starts out like this, and this is the New King James translation. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The NIV's translation of that word patience is steadfastness. And the Greek word that is behind it is one of remaining on one's spot, keeping firmly planted in one's position, resolving to stand one's ground, defend what has been gained, an attitude that says, this is my spot, I am not going to retreat nor look back, but I'm waiting patiently and obediently for my master's voice for the next step forward. This was Noah's attitude. And it was also the attitude of the blind man who'd received partial sight from Jesus. He stayed and he looked up. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, it says, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. The patient endurance of Christ, that attitude that refuses to surrender to obstacles and turns down every opportunity to give up. Jesus supremely demonstrated that sort of patient endurance during his trial, his scourging, and his crucifixion. It's that patience we too need to outlast every trouble we may face. But I wonder if your question is the same as mine. How do we get this Noah attitude? How might we wait patiently? Noah was a man of prayer, though it doesn't say so in those words in the Bible. But we see him talking and listening to God. He followed God's instructions fully and immediately. As I said, the blind man waited at Jesus' side and looked up. 
and he received a new touch of Jesus' grace. So let's make our minds up to take our eyes off our challenges. Think of Simeon. He was waiting, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He remained in and around the temple where he worshipped God. Our attitude should be one of always worshipping God, whether in the house of prayer or outside. The disciples were instructed by our Lord to wait, and they prayed. You may know the name Eric Liddell, most famous for being the gold medalist in the 1924 Paris Olympics, who in obedience to God did not take part in the race for which he had so diligently trained because the uh, semi-finals, I think, were on a Sunday. Instead, he worshipped the Lord and entered another race in which he raced and he won the prize, the gold medal. But we know less of Eric Little, that in obedience to God, he went uh, to China as a missionary. And in 1943, he was imprisoned in a Japanese internment camp. It is written, while others moralized, acted selfishly, Little busied himself by helping the elderly, teaching Bible classes at the camp school, arranging games, playing dominoes with the children, teaching science as well. It was in that place that he died. And 13 years ago, nearly 13 years ago, the 33 miners trapped for 69 days in the San Jose mine in Chile. Among them, Jose Enriquez led them in daily prayer. And then on that last glorious day, insisted that before the first man was rescued, that they would all gather together on their knees and give thanks to God and pray, thanking him for their rescue. All 33 were eventually liberated after 69 days trapped miles down in a collapsed mine. Noah opened the window. Will we open the window of our hearts to God when we face trials? Noah, upon leaving the ark, did something so similar to those miners in 2010. He straight away, as our reading finished, built an altar and brought his sacrifice offering to the Lord. Would we bring our sacrifice of praise to our Lord today? What if we, watching and waiting in perfect submission to our Saviour who has rescued us, looked up to Jesus that we might be filled with his goodness and lost in his love, so that we have his patient endurance until our obstacle is overcome, or Jesus returns. Watching and waiting in perfect submission reminds me of a hymn that we will uh, sing together. We have on our sheets after we have said the words of the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> 